0: Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. In recent weeks, we've talked Pennsylvania and California on this show, so I couldn't leave out our Ohio friends when it comes to big-time sprint car regions. Jacob Horde from OhioDirt.com and the Ohio Dirt Track Podcast joined me with my original plan being to talk nothing but Ohio. But things sort of blew up yesterday, so we kicked it off talking about the Brent Marks CJB split plus where this leaves the All-Stars. We then dove into what's been happening in Ohio at places like Attica, Wayne County, and Atomic, and what to expect going forward. We also talked about the interesting California to Ohio sprint car pipeline that has sprung up in recent years. It's a very solid 45-minute chat, so without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Jacob Horde. I feel like there's so much stuff that I wanted to talk to you about kind of in the Ohio world and and you write for OhioDirt.com and and you're on the Ohio Dirt Track podcast and you've written for Jeremy Elliott on SprintCarLimited.com, and I had like this kind of whole list of Ohio things and then the world decided to blow up today. So um, first of all, I, I guess we'll start with Brent Marks leaving CJB. So as you know, the uh, All-Stars kind of being, at least in the past, an Ohio-centric um, kind of series obviously that's not necessarily the case now but but, mm-hmm. what do you kind of make of this situation now with Brent Marks
1: I was blindsided by it I mean they've had some good runs and you know from the things that I read on Jeremy's article you know it sounds like some of Brent's sponsors weren't terribly happy with um, the way things went with you know them adding Paul McMahon you know, and I, I, I don't know the specifics obviously. Um, but I mean, I was blindsided. I mean, they've, they've had some really good success and, you know, solid runs and they were going to be a really strong contender for the all-star season. So seeing them, you know, split up this early in the season, I mean, it's April and we're in silly season already. Um, but it, it blew my mind. You know, I, I don't know what, um, Brent's going to do, I think he said he's going to do some more uh, local shows and just kind of hit more outlaw and all-star shows. But, I mean, the guy can win. And, you know, it seemed like after they got off to a sluggish start, you know, last year. But they finally picked it up, and they seem to be rolling pretty good this year. So, uh, to get that news today was just, it was mind-blowing.
0: I feel like all of a sudden now we've, you know, you kind of knocked one of the legs out of like the all-star championship fight, right? We kind of we expected it to be mm-hmm. Eliason and, and maybe Tyler Courtney and Brent
1: Marks. And obviously with what Justin Peck is doing, but like
0: almost feel like this kind of takes the wind mm-hmm. out of the sails a little bit here.
1: Yeah. I mean, the all-stars are, I mean, they're deep. That's, that's the a huge thing they have going for them this year. I mean, they, they are absolutely loaded with talent um and it it's going to show all year long i you know when they come to ohio it's going to be anywhere between i think 12 to 15 guys that can win between the all-stars and our local guys um so it sucks that they're losing brett marks you know he's he's a proven winner he's a great sprint car driver and it sucks that they're kind of losing you know the the cjb team as well off that tour because it doesn't sound like they're going to hop back on the tour at least on a full time basis right now. But, you know, it it did kind of take the wind out of the sails, but I still think the All Stars are gonna have an amazing season.
0: What do you think about what we've seen so far from the All-Stars? If we kind of take a, a step back from just the Brent Marks news and, and what we've seen to this point. You know, Justin Peck is one of those guys that we've known that's had some success, you know, in, in, in kind of some of the lower levels and, and some different cars here and there. But And and that that boot car has obviously been solid with Paul McMahon the last couple mm-hmm. of years. But, like, I don't know that we expected him to just come out and start winning everything and to be leading <laughs> the points after this first few races.
1: Oh, they, they fit on something. Um you know, they they are just meshing really, really well. And we saw it last year. I know, I think um Justin stepped in for Paul at a race or two. I, I forget what the circumstance was, but you know, Justin did really, really well that weekend. I think it was a weekend in Wisconsin or something. Um but I think everyone knew that Justin had the potential. You know he's he's won races in Ohio he's run races in Indiana and probably Illinois I think he got the all star win at Macon Illinois and uh, his own 5x team. So we all knew he had the potential to you know go out and do good things and he's proving it this year obviously you know he has the wins in Pennsylvania, he has the all star one in Ohio I mean anywhere he goes he's he's super good. Um, but we also look at a guy like Tyler Courtney and he's adjusting. Like, you know, he he's if he's able to build up that notebook more in Ohio and Pennsylvania, then he, he's going to be a contender. He's he has top fives, top tens at Ohio and Pennsylvania. He knows how to get around these places. It's just a matter of just getting more and more experience. And then obviously with Elias and, you know, he's played second fiddle to right. Soul the last couple of years. But that car is also really good. And Corey knows how to drive that car. And they obviously have chemistry and they know what they want because they've been together for three or four years now. Um, And then you just look at any of the other guys, you know, Ian Madsen, like, holy smokes. You look at Ian Madsen and the things that he's done. It's just and he's what the fourth guy that we mentioned now. Yeah, Um, it's the all stars are incredibly deep this year. And it's going to be inc- just, I'm excited. The All-Stars have it going for them this year. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a dogfight down to the very end. I honestly do not know who's going to win the championship.
0: I feel like that Port Royal race o- over the weekend with the All-Stars and, and watching Tyler Courtney just completely bang the boards at Port Royal. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's like become the line there, like, you know, you've seen Mac run it. You saw Larson obviously mm-hmm. use it to massive success last year. But, like, that line, and I mean, how many times did Courtney, like, hit the wall, especially at a turn <laughs> two? Like, watching him do that, and and obviously with his non-wing experience, it's probably not outside the realm of his comfort zone to go mm-hmm. do something like that. But but watching him kind of figure it out with the wing car this weekend, and and obviously without the flat tire, he, he might be the points leader at this point with the All-Stars. But, mm-hmm. you know, f- to, to watch him do that and to watch him come along, you know, what do you kind of make of him as he's making this transition? Like, do you think that... And like, I have to be honest, like when the season started, like, I don't know that I would have looked at Tyler Courtney. And and I have said this on my daily show, like a lot of people call him somebody who could win the championship. And I didn't, I don't Mm -hmm. know that I thought that, you know, I I think, you know, he could be consistent and, and, you know, possibly win a race or two, but to really consider him a championship favorite. But like, after what I saw at Port Royal, like, I think I've changed my mind. Like, I think he could potentially win Mm -hmm. this thing for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, When he announced that they were going to go all-star racing, you know, I told some people it's like, you don't count him out. You know, I've seen him race in person, I've seen him race online, obviously, and the guy knows how to drive a car. It's just a matter of, you know, putting together all these solid nights. You know, he's he's followed USAC, you know, he's won championships with USAC, so he knows how to run for points. It's just a matter of getting everything dialed into his liking with the wing car. I mean, that's I mean, that's a heck of a transition. Um. But I, I told like I said, I told people don't sleep on Tyler because he knows how to win races and he knows how to adapt and adjust to multiple different cars. You know, he's raced just about everything on dirt, And it's like I said, you just can't count him out. When we kind of look at the all-stars, you know, with the Ohio kind of
0: flavor involved in, in your kind of area of expertise, what do we think about a guy like Cap Henry? Can he really compete for this kind of thing? Like, you know, his all-star wins that we've seen have come in Ohio and he's obviously had a ton of success Mm -hmm. at Ohio racetracks, but can he adapt quickly enough as, you know, as they go to Pennsylvania, as they go to Illinois and Indiana and some of these other places, can, can he do that and, and really be a contender at some of these other parts of the country? I think he can.
1: Um, you know, it's, a lot of people forget that Cap has ran the All-Stars, you know, four, five, six seasons. Um, And I think he finished fourth in those standings every year. So he has experience at these tracks. You know, you look back at this past weekend, you know, it wasn't his first time at the Grove. It wasn't his first time at Port and it wasn't his first time at Bedford. You know, he has top tens at all three of those tracks and I think a top five at one or two of them as well. Um, So he has some of that experience, you know, going around uh, to these different tracks on the all star tour and granted, you know, it was back in the late 2000s early, you know, 2010 area or era. Um, So obviously the all stars were a little little different back then they didn't have you know the deep, deep feel that they have now. Um, But he's also with an amazing team in lane racing and you know lane racing started i think 2017 and you know they got cap and they just immediately started winning races and once they started getting those all-star wins i mean obviously it was in ohio um but two of those were during speed week last year and i mean those i think one of the hardest things to do in sprint car racing is win you know ohio sprint speed week at attica because You could have upwards of 50 cars there from anywhere really you know you have the best in indiana illinois the all-stars the best in ohio everyone's there and for him to top the field not once but twice in speed week last year and then back it up with another all-star win i think i forget when i think it might have been another Wayne County or no it was Fremont. It was, it was Fremont, Fremont yeah. during the Jim and Joanne Ford classic. Yeah, later um, on. back in October. Yeah. Um, so he has four all-star wins on three tracks. And Cap knows how to win on different tracks. I think he won on four different tracks last year, being um Attica, Fremont, Sharon, and Wayne County. So Cap knows how to win on these different tracks and he has he's seen a decent amount of these tracks on the all-star tour um, so it's just going to be a matter of building that notebook with lane racing because lanes have never gone on the road before they're based out of Michigan and you know they've like I said they've never gone on the road before so this is all new to them so they're just going to have to learn how to travel together and what to do with all these tracks that they're seeing and you know translate what they're seeing into adjustments on the car and just um shoot I lost my train of thought there <laughs> no um, but I, I mean I think you're you're so, on the right track
0: there but I, I feel like you know he, he's obviously mm-hmm. a guy that we know that can win in Ohio and I you know I just I wonder mm-hmm. you know with as much experience as you have you know we've already talked about Eliason and Peck and and Ian Madsen it's like mm-hmm. it, can he elevate his game and elevate that team to their level I guess
1: hmm yeah, and I, I know they want to win at least one all star show outside of Ohio just to prove that you know they can win outside of Ohio, you know they can go to these different tracks and go win. So I I think it's a I think it's an attainable goal for them, you know they're they're definitely motivated to do so, and I, I know they want it really, really badly and they have the people behind them to do it, they have a ton of support and I. I I wouldn't be surprised if they do snag a victory outside of Ohio this year. Looking at Ohio, obviously
0: that was kind of the main reason I wanted to have you on the show was to kind of talk about Ohio Sprint car things. And and I was looking at the the you know, your kind of whatever takeaways that you did from this last weekend, your your bullet points and and mm-hmm. that kind of note about there not being any repeat winners yet. We've seen obviously a different winner right. every week so far. Why is that the case? Is it just because things are so wide open right now with with Ohio Sprint car racing?
1: I, I kind of think so. You know, we go back to Cap Henry last year and he won. I forget how many races he won. I think it was like 11 or 12 races, you know. So you take away a guy like Cap Henry, who's not running in Ohio every week now. And the first couple of weeks that they ran, you know, they're they're shaking things down. Um, so they're not, you know, they're not running in Ohio all that often anymore. And I think a lot of these guys have honestly just stepped up their game. You know, you look at the recent kind of California invasion, you know, Buddy co a couple of years ago and Cole Cole Omocito now, you know, those guys forced them, forced our our Ohio locals to step up their game. Um, And they definitely did. Um, And it shows because we've had 10 races and 10 different winners. Now some of those are kind of to be expected. You know, we have a Cole Duncan win at Atomic, and we have a Dean Jacobs win at Wayne County. But what we're also seeing is we're seeing guys like uh, Trey Jacobs, you know, Dean's son. We're seeing guys like Henry Malquit, Tyler Street, and I mean the list can go on and on of all these different guys that can win. In addition to the seasoned veterans like your Byron Reeds, your Craig Mints. Travis Philo. I mean, again, the list goes on because there are just so many guys. You know, when it's their night, it's their night. You know, we have DJ Fuses and other ones. Stuart Rubaker can go out and win on any night. And then you get your your kind of invaders. I I don't know if we should call them invaders or not. You know, you have your Gary Taylor and the the local 97 team, the uh, Joe and Diane Sealing team. You know, he's not from the area. But, you know, he races in Ohio pretty much every weekend, and he snagged the win at Waynesfield. It's just everyone kind of comes to Ohio and you get some of the best of the best and sprint car racing in Ohio every week. And it shows, you know, if it's someone's night, it's their night. Um, so I think that's kind of why we're seeing this this parody. And I wouldn't be surprised if it continues even more.
0: Do you think when you kind of, you know, obviously, with the internet and all of these things. Now we can kind of get a better idea of like what's happening in Pennsylvania, what's happening in Ohio, what's happening in California. And it seems like when we talk about the sprick here you have the country, those are the three we talk about, mm-hmm. but do you think even with that, do you think Ohio gets enough respect nationally for the drivers and the teams and the tracks that it has, you know, up against places like California and Pennsylvania?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I think Ohio might be overlooked a little bit. You know, everyone makes fun of the dusty tracks or whatever. Um, But I don't mind the dust as long as it's not terrible, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I think those slicker tracks in Ohio are a great equalizer. You know, you you don't have to just throttle around the top and just stay on the gas. You know, you have to work it. You, You have to use both the gas and the brake and you have to search around for all these different lines to figure out which one's the fastest. And, you know, so I, I think, you know, the tracks get a bad rap just because we don't use the water truck as much as California does. Uh, but we also don't tear up as much equipment as some of those tracks in California just because, you know, we're not going at that high rate of speed. Um, driver wise, I mean, I would put Cap Henry, Cole Duncan, and Craig Mints really up against anyone, you know, like locally against, you know, say Blance Deweese, Danny Dietrich, and oh, I don't, can't think of another one in Tim Schaefer in Pennsylvania, or like a, you know, Dominic Selsey, Justin Sanders, and Shangalabik in California. Like those three in Ohio, I would put up against any of those three. You know, I would, I would love to see what they could do in you know similar equipment in California and Pennsylvania against those guys. Because I i think people would be surprised. You know, Cole Duncan has uh Pennsylvania Speedway win. He went to Path Valley and, and stole Pennsylvania Speedway win. You know, and then we have a guy like Craig Mintz who can come in and run, you know, top five with the All-Stars after in you know, his like first race of the year. You know, and then obviously we know what Cap can do in Ohio. And again, he has the experience of Pennsylvania as well. So I think Ohio is just really, really deep. And when it comes to talent, they may not have like the 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 absolute top guys like, like Lance DeWeese and Danny Dietrich. But I think our depth is probably a, the best in the country.
0: What do you make of and, and something that I've kind of found really interesting about Ohio, uh, Ohio, at least in recent years is. It almost seems like we, like like drivers, are especially young drivers, are almost using Ohio as like a springboard. Like, you know, we've seen Buddy Kofoid now come through Ohio, mm-hmm. and we're watching Cole Macedo now come through Ohio. And, you know, Christopher Bell, even back in the day, like mm-hmm. pairing up with Ferkel and coming through Ohio, and Carson Macedo coming through the all mm-hmm. in Ohio. Like, is that just... You know, is that because there are rides available for those guys? Is that because, you know, it is a good place to go learn kind of some of these more style of racetracks that they're gonna run in the Midwest and places like that? What do you kind of make of that move of some of these guys kind of through Ohio?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Um in Ohio we have different tracks than you know, California. You know, like I said earlier, it it slicks off in Ohio and it's not these, you know, hammered down rough tracks. You know, you get ice skating rinks in Ohio sometimes um, so you, you come to Ohio to to learn and you know you've learned how to use that brake pedal and just kind of how to finesse the car and work through traffic on like I said an ice skating rink and again you know there seem to be rides in Ohio as well you know Christopher Bell he started out with Rick Ferkel in Ohio I believe and I think that was Wayne County. He started out with Rick Ferkel and he, obviously we see where Christopher Bell is now, you know, we have buddy Kofoid who kind of caught eyes, um, when he was racing out in California and, you know, through connections with the lenders and the Macedos, you know, he got to come out and run and obviously did very well. And, you know, I think the first one was kind of Carson Macedo, you know, he came out and ran, um, a second car for Craig and Les Mints, and on his first time at Fremont, he went out and won. I, you know, that definitely caught a lot of people's eyes, and they're like, "Hey, you know, like these California kids are pretty darn good." Mm-hmm. Um, can, kind of open up these car owners' eyes, and you know, it's it's been incredible to watch these guys the last couple of years. You know, Carson. Carson was coming through Ohio in that 09x, you know when I first started getting into sprint car racing there around 2016 or so and then he moved on to the uh, the gertie 3G and then obviously he's an outlaw now. but kind of getting to watch Buddy progress the last couple of years and just seeing the natural talent that he has and the opportunity that he had to go drive for uh, Ed newmeister and the Linders. I mean that was that was a huge break for him and it wouldn't have been possible without you know ed basically saying all right you know mike and steve linder you know this is kind of your show to run you know you can go do what you want and they took a chance on buddy and it obviously worked out well um so we we kind of call it we joke around we call it the the california orphanage in fremont you know at the lender's house because they've had three four california guys kind of come through now with you know the mosquitoes buddy and dj noto has spent some time out here as well um so these there there are rides available i think and you know you look at you know the 11n has been one of the big ones you know harley white's in the 11n now you know she's going to make her debut out here i think this week which is pretty cool to see because you know, it just continues that trend of drivers getting an opportunity to come out and tone in their skills and add new skills to their driving uh, repertoire.
0: Of that group, obviously, right now we're watching kind of Cole Macedo go through this, mm-hmm. and and you know this kind of Ray Brooks team now that the lenders are involved in and all of that. But what do you make of Cole? Do you think he's as talented as Carson? Do we think he could be kind of in that line to then maybe be a full time all star, be a full time outlaw here in the next couple of years?
1: If Cole keeps Improving, then he he's going to be a contender every single night. Um, last year, they just never were able to get their feet underneath them uh, in that Jay Kaiser card. They just, you know, they would take one step forward and they'd be two steps back, basically. Um, you know, we saw flashes of brilliance with them, um, but this year, obviously, you know, the lenders are ranching on the car and he's living with the lenders, so there's just that added connection there and it obviously paid off friday night uh, with the win and then saturday night they got upside down i think they got involved in someone else's mess Um, but if cole cole said something to me uh friday night after his win and i think it was a huge step in the right direction for him because it shows that he's maturing as a driver he said something along the lines of he's realizing that he can't go 110% all the time. You know, if you go 110% all the time, you're going to end up wrecked a lot. Um, he said he's learning, you know, how to work up to that hundred percent and kind of save the car for when that right moment is to go 100%. And he did that Friday night and that 100% moment is when, you know, he was able to get by Brian Smith at the halfway point and then just kind of drive away to the feature win um so cole is definitely maturing as a driver um and i think he has what it takes to be a solid contender in ohio like you know contender for the win most nights wherever he shows up especially in that ray brooks racing car because it's it's a nice operation um i could see cole going on the all-stars and making some noise there as well um you know but as long as he you know keeps maturing and keeps making this progression um I, I wouldn't be surprised to see cole keep making more and more steps up the ladder
0: as we look around ohio at the tracks and and obviously the couple of different series that travel who are you thinking are going to be champions kind of across the board here at, at the major kind of ohio tracks
1: and series um this is one question I was worried about because I haven't given much thought to it. <laughs> um, I think Attica is really wide open. Um, you know, we keep mentioning Cat Penry, you know, he's not running Attica weekly. So that kind of blew it wide open. You know, Chad Keminall was second in Attica points last year and he's not running, you know, that much anymore. You know, he's focusing on his son's career. I think Travis Philo was third in Attica points last year and he he missed the first week or he missed the first week. And then a couple weeks ago, his motor was out of the car by feature time. So, you know, that's your top three in points right there. Um, But if I had to make a pick for Attica and it's based solely off of. If he runs Attica weekly, I think Trey Jacobs could do it. You know, he keeps knocking on that door. It seems like every feature he's going forward and he he's led laps at Attica he's led laps at Attica with the all-stars which is tough to do as well so he has that experience he just has to I think once he wins one race there a lot more will come and but he has he has all the consistency in order to I think win a championship at Attica Um, Wayne County is another one I've it's going to be one of those dean jacobs until proven otherwise you know dean dean keeps winning races you know this is supposed to be his last year racing uh, we'll see if that comes true or not <laughs> but uh dean and jerry mcclure that they've they're a match made in heaven you know that car just gets around wayne county so well and it's it's going to be dean jacobs until someone proves me otherwise at wayne county um if we go to like fremont can we even that say anything about be...
0: Fremont because it's like not even open yet? We don't even know what. what that right. Like you
1: know, Fremont opens up this weekend, uh, Saturday night. Um, I think it's going to be close between Nate Dustle and DJ Foose. And I guess DJ is a name I should throw on at Attica as well. He you know, he has a win here this year. And he, he's won a championship at Attica before, so he knows how to get it done. Um, But Nate and DJ battled it out to like the last lap of Fremont last year for the championship and I think it was decided by one one or two points with Nate squeaking it out. Uh, So I think it will be between Nate and DJ this year don't sleep on Brian Smith, though, Um, we obviously saw what he can do uh, Attica Friday night when he wasn't even planning to race. Um, And I'm not just saying that because he's a good friend of mine. You know, I I think he has some really good equipment this year, and he obviously has he knows how to get around Fremont when it gets you know like an ice rink. Um, so don't sleep on Brian Smith for Fremont. I'm trying to think.
0: I mean, is it Cold Duncan at Atomic? I mean, is that yeah, just, yeah,
1: at- just Atomic that- Cole Duncan. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um. Again, it's like, it's like Wayne County Cole Duncan until proven otherwise. Yeah. I think there was only like one or two races at Atomic last year that he like didn't win or finish off the podium at Atomic. So uh, he just that place is magical for him, and you could probably stick him in a late model at Atomic and he'd probably win too, just because (laughs) (laughs) he's just that good at Atomic. So um, we have the AFCS series as well. I don't know off the top of my head who all is running between that I think Craig Mintz is running that series though and he'll be one to watch for the AFCS as well as you know, Nate Dustal, DJ Foose, uh, Cole Macedo is running it as well, so those will be some names to watch there, I don't know if we can technically count the fast series as an Ohio series, um, they race outside of Ohio a lot and I'm not sure who all is, uh, chasing the fast series this year, um, but they've had a couple races and I think that one's, that one's kind of wide open. I think just because you get a hodgepodge of anyone and anyone will show up to race those races. Um, so that one fast series will definitely be tough to call.
0: I, I want to get you super spun up because I know you've been pretty vocal about your opinions, uh, but the World of outlaws are at Bristol this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty clear from you that you are not a fan of this, uh, Mm -mm. this, this racetrack being on the schedule, uh, walk me through your, your Bristol hot take, uh, the, the Jacob Horde Bristol hot take, uh, about why you think we shouldn't be there.
1: Um, because it's not safe, (laughs) you know, we can do, (laughs) we can do as much as we want to make these, uh, sprint cars, um safe you know we can limit who can get into these races and race in these races for added safety but i've seen the crashes i've seen you know parts break and if your parts on a sprint car are breaking at god knows what speed it's not going to end well i don't think um i i think we could have done without bristol for the sprint cars just because it's I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. I hope my fears are wrong. Um, and I'll, I'll take all the crap in the world for it uh, if I am wrong, but, um, and, I, and I get it, you know, racing isn't safe. It's never gonna be 100% safe, but we can do things to mitigate some of the dangers. And I think something that we could have done is not race at Bristol. You know it's it's going to be incredible speeds and you know if you have a slider gone wrong, you know you have someone going up into the fence at a high rate of speed, you know it, it there's this too many things that could go wrong, I think at Bristol. Um, for for the sprint cars
0: what do you like i mean did, did you feel that way before did you kind of form this opinion as we've seen some of the other racing happen like obviously we've seen some fairly large crashes with the late models and things mm-hmm. like that that have raced up to this point like did you feel like that before and and you know have you gone back and watched some of the old races on youtube you know you know where did you kind of come through this like you know i guess i'm just wondering what the thought process is of, of why you think what you think here
1: um i was kind of closeted at first when you know, they said they're coming to Bristol, I'm like, all right, you know, it's it's cool. It's a cool deal that they get to go to Bristol and race, you know, kind of relive that nostalgia. But again, this, the safety thing kind of was always in my mind. And, you know, I saw a couple other people, you know, Jeremy Elliott was one, you know, he came out with one of his daily videos and it was like, you know, for the world of outlaws wanted to be as safe as possible. You know, if we have to limit drivers coming in for safety reason, then we shouldn't be racing there at all. And, you know, that my thoughts were kind of jumbled up, but that put it into words. Basically, you know, if if we want to be safe, then why are we racing at a track that we have to limit who can race there? You know, for for safety reasons. Um, and I, I've seen a couple of drivers, you know, I think Danny Dietrich was one on twitter you know he's like you know what if a part breaks you know our our cars really weren't built for this kind of speed and you know have we haven't seen what these cars can do at this kind of speed you know i I don't know what kind of speeds they got to in 2000 and 2001 but i feel like sprint cars have probably gotten a little faster since then maybe and we don't know what these you know cars are going to do at this kind of speed and, you know, if something breaks, something goes wrong, you know, I'd, I'd hate to be that part manufacturer. Um, and then once I saw some of those crashes, you know, the modified late models, you know, just how big some of those were. It's like you do this in a sprint car and, you know, it's going to be a lot worse. You know, I think they've gotten rid of, I think they had like some of these weird tires kind of sticking out. Um, yeah, on the bottom of really the nice. curves. I, so, well, you know, that that's a great thing because, you know, we saw what they did to the modified and the late models. Um, but there's just, there hasn't been enough good, like, things that they've, or I don't know. They're just, they haven't convinced me that it's, you know, um, as safe as it can be. I guess do you that's, think that's that this is like a thing. bigger
0: indictment on this being too fast of a racetrack or do you think we aren't doing enough in terms of safety of the cars and the safety equipment and all those types of things like if, if um, those things were better, would your opinion be different or do you think that this is just a place that the word about laws should and sprint cars in general just shouldn't be racing at period ever like you know I, I think our
1: sprint cars I think our sprint cars are you know pretty darn safe. You know, the outlaws, the all-stars, the local tracks, you know, they've they've taken steps to um, make this sport as safe as possible. And I mean, that should be applauded. But you go to Bristol and I, I don't know what our top speeds are going to be. I don't really want to think about it. But are you going to really watch? Don't, um, probably not. I'll probably be at Attica Friday night and then Fremont Saturday. Um, maybe I'll watch practices. Well, what Thursday night. Thursday. So maybe I'll watch practice. I don't know. Um, But it's just, I just don't think Bristol is a place that we should race, you know, and, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you race at half miles, you know, Williams, Port Royal, Eldora all the time, and, you know, things, you know, they crash there. I'm like, they do, but, you know, we're going to be running probably upwards of 150 miles an hour, you know, probably even more, maybe. I don't think we get to those speeds at Williams Grove, Port Royal, or Eldora. Um, So I'm just I'm I'm nervous about what might happen if a car you know goes into the wall at a high rate of speed because we we haven't seen what they do. Um, So I I just it's really never um, sat well with me. And I was discussing it with one of my friends a while ago, and we were both in agreement that um, we're, we're pretty happy that no one that we personally know was was invited just because it would, it would just be too nerve wracking, you know, we, we don't want something bad to happen.
0: I, I would be hard pressed to to have you on the show to talk about Ohio stuff if I didn't ask you about Eldora um, and and all of the craziness we're going to see there this year with the two worlds and the two dreams and the two kings royals. What do you kind of think of that? And and you know what all of the money that we're going to see and I mean, are you going to get a chance to make it to Eldora? Like you know, what do you kind of
1: think of all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a place I can do it, it's Eldora. Um, I mean, they they know how to put on a great show. And they have the capability to do two of the biggest race or, you know, two of every of the biggest races in Ohio and two of every of some of the biggest races in dirt track racing in general. Um, it's it's going to be crazy to see how everything folds out. Um, and it's going to be, I think, I still think it's going to be dependent on, you know, how many people can attend these races, though, as well. You know, we still haven't gotten, you know, the 100% green light from all of the um, covid. So. It's it's going to be interesting to see, um, but if everything goes off without a hitch, I am. Absolutely excited, you know, I, I missed going to Eldora last year. Um, I wasn't able to go to like the governor's rain or anything like that. Um, but you know Eldora is just such an experience and you know there's a racetrack there too and the (laughs) racetrack you know puts on some pretty good racing so it's like I said if there's any place that can do this it's Eldora you know they call it the world's dirt track for a reason um so if if they're able to pull all this off it'll go down it should probably go down in like motorsports history as to some of the most incredible things uh, that has ever been done in racing. You know, it's something that would make Earl and Bernie Spaltz, you know, just smile from ear to ear what they're doing right now. You know, they're putting on the biggest races and they're like, well, we're going to make up for last year's stuff too. Um, so it's it's Eldora being Eldora and I'm here for it.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, give me the uh,
0: the story of of Ohio Dirt. Obviously the first time I kind of started to know who you were and and clint was you know your show kind of popping up and obviously me and ross you know back when we were on open red we're, we're on Yell's show but but like tell me, tell me, kind of the ohio dirt story how you and clint kind of hooked up and and you know the idea for the show and 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 kind of where you guys are are going with this
1: mm-hmm. um so it was 2019 i think um i guess technically late 2018 is when Clint and i met um, you know, we just followed each other on Twitter. Um, and I think a few times he mistook me for, uh, Jacob Nord, who used to help Cody Sommer with Mansfield Motorsports Park. You know, Jacob Horde, Jacob Nord, it's, it's easy to do. Yeah. You know, I'll give him credit for that. Um, and, you know, we just kind of kept talking here and there and he, I guess he knew that, you know, I had some racing knowledge, and I was, you know, passionate about racing. And when it came time for uh, the second go around at the Sprint Car World Championship at Mansfield, I think that was 2019. Um, when it came time for that, he had been talking to Jacob Nord, and it just kind of morphed from there. You know, Jacob Nord wanted some extra promotional stuff done for that race and he had mentioned to Clint, like hey you know you should start a podcast you know talk about the race and um at the same time you know he you know clint messaged me and he's like hey like i had this opportunity to uh start start a dirt racing podcast you know focused on ohio and you know we'll start off talking about the sprint car world championship so it just kind of morphed from there and coincidentally that race is where i met jeremy elliott and i kind of got you know hooked up with him for a little bit there started writing for him uh 2019 and 2020. um so around all that time is when everything kind of started you know getting crazy you know i I knew i wanted to do more in racing other than be a fan i just didn't know what i wanted to do and i kind of fiddled around in writing a little bit and you know so i it was just writing and uh, we started the podcast and it just kind of morphed from here. Um, and then this, this off season, you know, Clint wanted to make Ohio dirt, you know, a little bigger, you know, we've, we had a website last year and, you know, we did the podcast obviously we had a little bit of merch. Um, but, but Clint had all these just big ideas for what Ohio dirt could be. Um, so we just kind of, we, we committed to it you know, we bet on ourselves and so i you know i started writing you know putting stuff on ohio dirt uh, we have driver merchandise you know if you don't want to or if you're not able to get a driver shirt like at the track you know you can come to our website you know and you know get that and all the money goes right to the driver um you know clint's doing his turn two blog you know his opinion piece or column commentary whatever you want to call it um but you know, we just we're hoping to kind of keep building up Ohio Dirt and just you know be the place where people can go, I uh, you know to get Ohio racing news, you know to get our podcast, to get you know driver merchandise, to get you know our own merchandise, um, and just kind of be that place to go for Ohio Dirt Track Racing. I think is is our ultimate goal, and just kind of you know spread the news of Ohio Dirt Track Racing because it's some of the best in the or so yeah some of the best in the country.
0: Well, I appreciate the time tonight. I, you know, I've been here for what, almost an hour and I'm sure you have uh, other things to do, but uh, give me the plugs for everything. (laughs) Where can we find you? Where can we find Ohio Dirt? What what have been the recent podcast episodes we should check out? Give me the whole, the the whole rundown.
1: All right. So for the Ohio Dirt stuff um, on Twitter, it is at Ohio Dirt. And then it is the Ohio Dirt Track podcast on Facebook. And then you can search us on really anywhere you can get podcasts, or on YouTube, and you can listen to everything there. Um, let's see some of the recent podcast episodes. We had Henry Malcott, uh Wayne County regular, on our last episode. Previously, we had Harley White talking about you know her transition to coming uh, to the 11N and coming to Ohio to race. Um, personally, you know I'm at on Twitter at uh at Horror Grace Watcher. Um bad jokes and bad takes pretty much is what I'm there for. <laughs> um and then Clint I think is at Clint J Knight. Clinton J Knight on Twitter. I can't I can't remember. I should know this stuff. Or maybe know. it's CJ Knight3. I can't remember. I should know this stuff. Um <laughs> other than that, I think that's a about everything and then oh the website the website is OhioDirt.com, um and that's you know that's where you can read my writing that's where you can get clint's uh blog posts uh, merchandise news driver merchandise really anything you could want
0: love it well uh jacob i appreciate the time tonight and uh good mm-hmm. luck with everything going forward thank you
1: i appreciate you having me on
0: When he's not talking about or writing about Ohio sprint car racing, Jacob works on a farm, so I appreciate him taking some time away from babysitting the strawberries to join me. Make sure you follow Jacob on Twitter and check out OhioDirt.com for his writing and the podcast. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit DirtTracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.